how do you find a good contractor to build a house? Yeah. So the way I do it, like I do it this on multifamily with in the scale and I do it big, but you go into an area, um, you do it just like hiring an employee. So you, a lot of times I will find out who's building like in that area. And mm -hmm. I do that through like the real estate brokers, the real estate agents, um, who are they selling lots to, right? Like what are the contractors are they selling lots to? Mm -hmm. um, so those are first, that's a good first outreach. You look at their homes, they're in the area, you know, the quality of what they're building. So you know what you're, you, you know what you're getting. Um, then we also do an outreach through third party sourcing like Angie's List or Home Advisor or some of these places, right? Um, and I, I know what I'll do is like, I'll have my office, we're doing it for multifamily and I'm going into a new area. I would just have my office set me up appointments with every multifamily general contractor in the area. And I'll just simply Google multifamily general, um, general, multifamily general contractors in Washington state, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a process of elimination. So we'll go in and I make the best use of my time. So first we'll send out, um, an, an email to all of them. And typically we'll have a set of plans already, or at least conceptual drawings. Say, Hey, um, first and foremost, you know, um, I want to make sure that you build this asset class, right? Um, and this is your bucket because it might mm. not be. They might only yeah. do like little so residential family. garages or yeah. ADUs or yeah, something, yeah. right? Yeah. So we want to make sure that they even do what, what we're looking for. So we'll do an outreach to friggin' everybody. Yeah. And we'll send out our plans to everybody. Then we wait to see who gets back to us. Yeah. And we usually will do that two or three times because sometimes they just won't see our email because they don't have our email in their database. They don't know who we are. They think they may be getting solicited. So we'll do it twice, giving mm -hmm. them the benefit of the doubt. Now, the ones that we get by referral, the ones that we think might be the better ones for whatever reason that is, um, we'll call them directly. And mm -hmm. so I'll do an outreach of like 20 to 20 contractors and say, hey, my name is Jerome. Yeah. I'm, I'm migrating into the Phoenix market <clears throat> and mm -hmm. I'm looking for general contractors that can help me mm -hmm. um, with some of the our ground up builds. Yeah. Um, you know, do you do, you know, our builds are usually X amount to X amount, like, you know, 500,000, a million dollars. And um, we do a lot of three bed, th um, two bath, two and a half baths with three car garages, single story. And we cater to the upper middle class, empty nesters and retired folks. Is, is this a, is this a product that you, one, you feel comfortable building and two, you even have interest in building. Mm -hmm. And some people may say no. And some people are going to say yes. Yeah. Some people say yes. And then they don't show up. Mm -hmm. So then we uh, say, and they'll say, so we'll ask them if they're open and taking a look at a set of plants and then we'll email out to all of them. Got it. And so, and then we go from that product of elimination um, to a, a second one where we uh, start talking to them about what they charge, how mm -hmm. they charge, right? Because um, there's different ways that contractors charge. They charge, they can do a cost plus model, which they charge a percentage of labor and materials. They do a bid model, which typically they'll just bid the project. Mm -hmm. They'll do um, a flat fee, which mm -hmm. is great. We love flat fee contractors. Um, or they'll do a... Um, some of them will even um, collateralize their equity if in the build and pay, get paid on the back end mm. if you um, if you hire them, which gives them an incentive as well. Yeah, especially when you're new. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's a good bear of entry, and um, and then some of them will even do it as a consultant just to mm. get you a light uh, some permits. Yeah, and then you can go build it yourself. Got it. So there's different ways, right? Yeah. So we start talking to them about that, and then we do an onsite with like maybe half a dozen to a dozen contractors on site. Mm. And so we're looking at different things when we do the outreach, right? So we, we start setting them up at 8 a.m. in the morning, mm -hmm. um, sometimes earlier, and we just, we schedule them back to back to back. Yeah. You know, every contractor. Yeah. Who shows up on time? Who If they don't show up on time, do they at least communicate with us? Mm. Right? So it's like an interview process. 
yeah. for the best guys, right? Yeah. They, they fit your business model. They fit, they fit your business model in regards to what you're building. Now they fit your business model in the way you want to pay. Mm-hmm. Then you eliminate some of them that way. Now, um, who are they as a person? What's their character? Mm-hmm. So now that's what we're interviewing for third. And so then we get them all on site and we talk to them. We, we meet them at the lot. There's nothing to look at because it's dirt, but there's a set of plans and a tailgate mm-hmm. to a truck typically or, mm-hmm. or a hood of a car. And um, you're unfolding these and you start talking to them and you ask them what their bandwidth, what their scheduling times are. You're asking them, you know, what, um, and then you address like some of your concerns. Say, you know, most contractors are paying the ass, you know, do you have references? You know, uh, you know, obviously we don't know each other, but mm-hmm. I, I want to know you. And we just want to make sure that you truly have the capabilities of uh, performing. And this is at the time where you don't tippy toe around stuff because if that offends them, fuck them, you don't need them. Yeah, they're yeah, the wrong yeah. contractor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where most people tippy toe, and it's not. This is where you blast your contractor. Yeah. When you meet them on site, you blast them because then you separate them, right? Yeah. So now if you have a dozen contractors that showed up that you met with over the course of two days, mm-hmm. maybe you met six each day, now you're down to five good contractors. Mm-hmm. You know, you blast the shit out of them with those type of questions in a good way. Um, and I'm a pretty intense guy, so when I blast them, you know, yeah. they're like, okay, this guy I'm fucking around, right? So, yeah. Um, he, and, uh, and so you just, you know, it's just really about, um, like you're interviewing them for mm-hmm. a job because you yeah. are, yeah. you're getting a job from you. And how do you get, how do you stay protected in case they, you, you end up hiring the wrong contractor? Like, how do you protect yourself? Yeah. You, you got to ensure your build and you and follow the process, be involved. Um, so if you hire the wrong contractor, um, follow the process. Um, like for us, it's easier for me to say, because like our students have, a regimen they can follow, right? Mm-hmm. And since we have, we're in the education space, um, I tell them, you know, to stick to the program, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, we, the resources are available to them and we're available to them as well, mm-hmm. our team is. And so, so it's a lot easier for them. But for somebody that, that it does, isn't a part of our community or part of our team, you just have to ensure yourself. You got to get, make your contractor, get builder's risk insurance and general liability insurance. You also get a general liability policy and have them make sure that they, you are labeled as additionally insured. So you have mm. the certificate of additionally mm. insured and that way you're protected. And that way, if they leave you, leave you in a compromising position that you can't finish the build or you're mm. struggling financially to finish the build, you can hit their insurance company for something so you can get some, some capital back in mm. from their insurance company. Got it. You know, for punitive damages. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, those are, that's one way. Um, the other way is if you pay attention to the process, the process is not that hard. I would, I would tell people, if you're going to get, go to the magnitude of building a house, go drive subdivisions, yeah. um, where Pulte and DR Horton are building. And yeah. one of the reasons why is because you'll see the different pr- processes of wh- what the, what the process of building a house is. Yeah. Okay? And, and on the cliff notes, by the way, remind me, we, um, um, I, Will, there's a PDF that is a breakdown. Now, obviously, not everybody's going to understand how to fill out the, the breakdown of the PDF, yeah. but I'll include it um, for you guys in the show notes yeah. where it's a step-by-step, the sequence of building a house in, in um, sequential order. Got it. Of how okay. to do it. We'll put so it in we'll, the description we'll of this video. Yeah, because it'll help them out. And it just gives you the sequential order. So if a contractor doesn't perform, you just pick up where the contractor left off. Yeah. And what I do um, to protect myself is I get the subcontractor's telephone numbers right off the bat mm-hmm. um, because one I want to, and the way I do that is again, on the front end is the place to do it. Not, you don't want to be collecting subcontractors phone numbers in the back end when you're about to fire your contractor. Oh, so you get the main contractor and the subcontractor's Absolutely. information. Yeah. Because I want them to f- um, sign off release of liens. Mm, you know? All of them. Yeah. 
And so I'll get, you know, so that's part of your due diligence, right? Like that's your house. In 2008, I had built a retail center. Everybody was going through financial distress. The market was tough. We landed up having a contractor, um, a block layer that was due because the, the retail center was built out of a block that uh, didn't pay the concrete company or the pump company. Well, later on, we found out like two years later that he never paid them. We had a lien on the property. We, we put the property up for sale. And when the title company went and ran ran the property, there was liens from the concrete company and the and the um, and the pump company. And we landed up with that's happened to us on a couple of projects early years. And we said, okay, no more. Now we need to be in control of all of this, and we need to yeah. make sure that our release of liens are not just for the general contractor, but also for the subcontractor. Got it. 